0: all right well we now have crossed over the hundred and twenty-five thousand download mark here at home service business coach on our podcast so that is a huge thanks to you and your loyalty listening to this podcast i started it now over two and a half years ago and it's been growing quicker than i ever imagined and i am a bit of a junkie for podcasts and why i started this was i found a lot of podcasts just talk about general kind of business theory. And I wanted this to be one in the trenches that every episode you listen to, it's not the longest session, but you get one gold nugget out of it. And so all I ask in return, as we continue to get more downloads, this is totally free. All I ask is you just share it with a friend and that you leave us a review on whatever platform you're listening to. If you've done both those and went two for two, that's literally all we can ask for. And then we also exist for the top 10% of keeners of you that listen, that wanna learn more about our coaching program and say, okay, what it is that you guys do. You've helped now a couple hundred business owners. I wanna know about how I can get off the truck, how I can get out of the day to day, and how putting in the focus for a few seasons as a CEO can actually build a beautiful cash flowing business. And that's been my strategy from day one when I started as an entrepreneur is I was profitable with my first truck. I grew the business debt free and I took the excess profits and put them into real estate. And I'm now going on 12 years of deploring that strategy. And that's one that we teach inside of our program. So Anyways, want to say a huge thank you for listening. Thank you for reviewing us. Thank you for sharing it out with um, your friends. And we even had someone message in that shared it out in a pressure washing Facebook group. And we were able to reach a whole bunch more people that way. So uh, I'm a huge fan, like you reap what you sow. And thank you to those that are sowing, uh, you know, the the good fruit and, and getting the word out to um, the home service industry. Massively appreciate it. So I'm going to go ahead roll this episode. It's a good uh, episode here on some humility uh, and how business is not always a straight line up to the right, but there are setbacks. And I'm going to talk about that in today's session. Hopefully, you enjoy it. Welcome to the Home Service Business Coach Podcast with your host, David Mowerman you will learn to grow your home service business and transition from being the technician in your business to being the CEO and leading your team to success. Get a front row seat where you will get practical advice from industry experts on how you can level up your home service business. Get ready to take some notes because we're going to jump right into it here. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode. Uh, It's Dave Mormon here, home service business coach. I'm recording in my studio uh, and I got my brand new mic right here. So you may uh, notice an increase in the audio quality, uh, which is fantastic. And so I wanted to talk about today, um, literally as the title says, uh, how I lost $300,000 in revenue. So I want to give you a little bit of backstory and then I want to dive in and uh, kind of show you what... uh, what went down so um when you grow a business it's not always um straight up linear growth to the right right i think sometimes what we see in uh in marketing is like oh my goodness this person like quadrupled their business and like you know doing nothing and it's like man it takes a lot of work to grow a business so there's a lot of wins that come with scaling your home service business and there's also um some some setbacks and some challenges right and i like to say there's no mistakes in business. There's just learning. And so as long as you're not repeating that misstep again, um, then there's just learning for, uh, for what you've done. So um, yeah, I guess I'll just dive in and and literally show you guys what went down. Um, And so when I was growing the business uh, very quickly from uh, 2018, we had like three, four people on our team. And then we like ballooned up in 2019 to, um, we had a staff of, 10, 11, 12 people, kind of thing, it was like a full on enterprise. And uh, we grew our revenue quite significantly uh, from around 155,000 up to 582 all in a season. And so a lot of stuff was going on. Uh, and there's a lot of broken stuff in the business too with, with that quick growth. And so uh, what ended up happening was we came into 2022. Uh, and we were we were building out our team for that season. and we had to make some serious changes um, in that year. And so uh, what we ended up doing, we were working with, um, we we had uh, one of our employees on, who was one of our um, you know, highest producing technicians that would produce for us in and around 150 to, to two hundred thousand dollars of work per year. Um, really good generator of revenue, um, but we call it like the intangibles here at Revive. And if someone's not living out our core values, those are kind of like the intangibles, right? It's not just about what your charge rate is on the job site. It's like how happy our clients? Um, How well do you fit the core values of our of our company? How well do you play as a team player? Uh, How much advancement do you want in in our company? And so we had to part ways with one of our like highest performing technicians who had been with us for for multiple seasons, and he's like a super nice guy. Uh, I definitely like liked him as a person, but as um, a, a fit for our team, it just wasn't a fit for our team with um, with our core values. And there there was a few things too, even with uh, safety protocols that this uh, individual would not comply with with the company. And so it's like hard as a business owner to make that call um, because this person had kind of maverick employee qualities, right? Like very high scale level. So like could, you know, be extremely fast at installing Christmas lights and, and do a good job or extremely fast at soft washing a house and do a good job. But just because the skill level is high, like the commitment to the company was low and it's like we need people with a spirit of adaptability. So like jobs will bump and slide and like, you know, we've had snow. It's like, hey, there's no work today. We're moving in. We're going to work Saturday or like these things happen in the course of a small business that you need people that can be adaptable and like we just didn't have that with this individual and so it came to multiple sit downs and basically saying like hey if you can't fall in line with where the team's going we need to make a tough decision and like nobody here in the company is irreplaceable Uh, and we had to have that tough chat and we had to actually part ways um with that with that uh, technician of ours and so it was a tough call because for me if a technician can produce me 150 thousand of work, give or take, um, they're they're generally going to profit the company in like the forty to fifty thousand dollar range, right? By time everything is all said and done, so that was like that was a tough one, right? And so that happened in 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 the last year in 2022, and then uh, we had the very similar situation um, with a with another uh, team member of ours who was actually like a subcontractor who we subcontracted out work to and. Again, similar revenue range, about 150,000 per year give or take uh, very recurring great jobs. However, um, the jobs that uh, you know, we were giving this this subcontractor, again, uh, high skill level, not as fast and as efficient as the first example, but did did really good quality work. However, again, just could not, play nice with the other team members. And this wasn't just like a one month thing, right? This went on for multiple seasons of just like, man, this individual can produce work. Clients are happy and say good things, but internally, uh again, just wouldn't fall in line with what we we're doing, right? Again, as a subcontractor, um different philosophies to how to do a specific job, different philosophies around pricing, uh, around You know, even just like talking to people like our team members of like having respect for everybody and like listening to everybody and not having this like, no, this is like my way how we have to do things. And so um, that was kind of like a double lesson for me in that I really don't believe in the subcontractor model. It's, It's difficult and I know it can work and I've got buddies that subcontract and run a seven figure business. I'm not saying it doesn't work. I'm just saying for what I've generally found my style is to get somebody in to my company and have them be uh, an employee has worked great. And that's not just an employee, like a low level worker. That's like a very engaged employee. Like I like to actually call our employees like team members because they are part of the team and it's my role as a business owner to, Plug them into our system and have them go as far as they can inside our company, and and that's why like advancement is just so key. So when you added it up for my business, it it was it was around three hundred thousand dollars that we had to say thank you for your service, but we're not going to renew with you for this season. And we had to say that two times. I mean, say that two times in the same year. And so that was a that was a big hit to what we were doing with our business. But again, it, it was a tough call because I teach all the time, right? And you've heard me say it a million times. You hire for attitude, you hire for core values, and you train for skills. And so I have had it as hard of a time as you, maybe harder of like, this, these two people are driving revenue to the business. The clients are generally happy with their experience. However, when there's a bad apple on your team, and again, this is not anything on them personally. Like they're both great people. It's just as an employer-employee relationship. If you cannot get along with the rest of the team that I've assembled and listen to your manager, and get along with the other technicians, and get along with the office team, then we just don't have we don't have a future here because. The core values need to be intact with your business. And you can't just like say, oh, we believe in service and ownership and integrity and put that on the wall and be like, oh, okay, we're good. Like, what's next? It's like, no, the core values need to move from being um, something that's just put up on the wall and it needs to move to a living, a breathing document uh, within your company. That's not just like said, like it, it's just said in our company. It's actually like lived out on the day to day. And so, As CEO, as owner, as founder of my business, I had to make the tough call uh, in the last year and, and sever off that revenue and basically choose to say, hey, we are going to move forward without these two individuals and we're going to figure out how to make up that revenue. And even if our revenue is a little bit lower than it's been, I would rather have that than have to deal with these two uh, bad apples inside of my company. And so, um, yeah, had to make the hard decision, but um, but made it. And now we're like a year post and we're growing. We're adding uh, new services to our business. And um, the team is honestly as happy as it's ever been. And when my team's happy, I'm happy as a business owner because... A home service business is hands-on. And so if you want to excuse yourself from a lot of the day-to-day responsibilities of the company, you need to have a manager come in and run the day-to-day. However, if you're giving that manager poor inputs, and by inputs, I mean like poor culture and poor team members that aren't bought into the vision and the core values and the mission, then they're, you're, proje- like you're you're not excused from that problem. Because that still is your problem, even though you don't have to deal with it. You want to set up your managers with a happy, robust, efficient core value fitting team with excellent attitudes because it's then on them, the manager to take this great attitude, these great core value fits and actually train them with the tacit skills of the company, how to clean out a gutter, how to pressure wash a driveway, how to put up Christmas lights, whatever your service actually is in your business. You can't saddle it on the manager to say, hey, this person over here, Joe he doesn't get along with people very well. Uh, he's got, you know, his agenda first. Uh, and so good luck dealing with him. I'll, I'll see you later. Like that's just like a terrible death wish on a manager. And that's why it's that definition of like people don't quit companies, they quit managers. And so you need to make sure your managers are topped up and they're taken care of and that you've went ahead and helped out to assemble the team, right? I still sit in the the HR position in my company, the HR recruiter, because even though I don't run the interviews, I believe in going out and casting a wide net for great talent. And like naturally as a visionary entrepreneur, like I'm whatever company of mine, I'm looking for great people all the time to build in and around of where we're going. And so, you know, it's my goal that I can give my managers like the best people possible, whether that's on our service teams or in the office or in a sales role or whatever the case may be. And so to wrap up, I won't go on and on. I wanted you to just hear this example of me that sometimes you need to make the hard decisions and Um, You know, you may be like literally laughing right now, thinking like, man, I have this technician, Adam, he thinks he can run the bus and he thinks I'm useless without him. And so he shows up late, leaves early, moves jobs around, you know, maybe isn't always fair with clients and, and he's got away with it for a number of months, maybe multiple seasons. You need to cut that off sooner than later. And you need like if I was you, I would go and get my job ads up on Craigslist and Indeed like today and start recruiting for new technicians. Because rather than have someone paid $28 an hour, who's great at what they do, but terrible for the core values fit, uh, I'd rather take the person getting $18 an hour who's never done house washing or painting before and actually work with them and train them up. And how on earth do you know if someone is, is a good core value fit? I'll give you a really quick example. When they call you and you see them on your iPhone, do you get that feeling in your stomach? Like, man, I there's going to be something here. I just don't want to deal with this call. Or is it like, man, I'm looking forward to hearing from this person. That's a lot of times you can tell of like, do you have that pit in your stomach of like, I don't want to take that call? There's a good chance they're not a core value fit and they're a maverick and they need to they need to leave in your company. And that's why in my coaching program, we teach to get off the truck. You need to start with your core values. And that's like quite a deep dive exercise and figuring out what's important to you, how do you live your life? Because at the end of the day, your company is just a trailer towing behind you. And if you wanna like grow your company and make it better, you first need to grow yourself and make yourself better as a person. And so you can't change someone's core values. Um, Mavericks are impossible to coach. They're they're already bought into their own agenda. And so rather than Mavericks, you wanna find all-stars who are high committed to the company and also a high skill level. And then you've also got your loyal workers who are, um, is like a grid I'm talking through here, right? Your loyal workers are are low skill. So maybe they're brand new to the company the first couple of weeks, but they're very committed to the company, right? They're showing up on time. They're super loyal. I'll take two loyal workers any day to one Maverick or even one-to-one. I'll take a loyal worker over a Maverick because loyal workers are coachable. And I don't have room for Mavericks in, in my organization because they're just going to steamroll everyone else. They're going to tick off your managers and then it's going to become your problem as an owner. So it was a tough decision cutting out that revenue Um, because money pays the bills. I get that, but it's it it's kind of like that quote, if it costs you your peace of mind, it's too expensive. And these individuals were costing not just me, but my team's and my manager's peace of mind, and we had to cut it out. And so I'd rather flush that 300k of revenue down the toilet and go get new revenue with the existing team, and then have to deal with more and more of Maverick. So I'll leave it there. I hope you found some good value in this. Uh, And thank you so much for listening, subscribing on YouTube, if that's where you're watching, or if you're listening on the podcast and been doing so for some time, go ahead on Spotify, just tap the stars and give us a rating. Um, Would love it or even just share it with a friend because I produce this all for free and I just want to bring value to the community. So thank you so much for watching, for listening. That's uh, Dave Mormon signing off. Take care and we'll be chatting soon. Thank you for listening to the episode today. If you want to get even more value from David, then book your free coaching call at homeservicebusinesscoach.com.